Gavin Newsom makes a decision based on racism, so we have a new senator. The United States is becoming a country of shanty towns, and everyone seems okay with it. And the Me Too movement takes another victim. The shame for the Los Angeles Dodgers just keeps growing, to the point where I don't even give a damn if they win the World Series this year. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope your day is going well, your morning is going well. Um, I got to tell you, the next couple of podcasts, they're going to be pretty serious. Because I got to tell you something, things are falling apart and they're falling apart fast. And no one, there doesn't seem to be anything anyone can do about it. So I just finished an article right before I started this podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this article to you tomorrow from the Washington Post, basically discussing how Pope Francis is signaling his opening openness to blessing of gay couples which I think is only a step from the Catholic Church acknowledging and participating in gay marriage. Now, understand something. Again, I'll read the article to you tomorrow. Understand something that this doesn't mean that suddenly we're going to have gay marriage because here's the here's the kicker. This is a political decision, and the Pope really is not allowed to, really doesn't have the right to make decisions that are based on politics. And there, I know there's this thought that the Pope is infallible, and that's not true. He's infallible on doctrine. He's not infallible when it comes to politics and things like that. So he can make decisions like this, and he can actually get pushed back from the rest of the church, which he has been, by the way. He has been very much getting pushback from the rest of the church, especially when it comes to abortion, where he seems very soft on abortion, and when it comes to gay marriage and gay couples and mar- and kids out of wedlock. He's very soft on all that stuff. The church is not very soft on this stuff, and he's been getting a lot of pushback. Now, understand something. I think this is one of the worst popes in my lifetime. I, 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 Pope Paul was one of, was the first Pope when I was born. He was around for about 15, 20 years after I was born. And Pope Paul was one of these do nothing Popes. He didn't do a lot. And then you had John Paul, uh, then you had John Paul, then you had John Paul II, who was a phenomenal Pope. Then you had, um, Pope, uh, Benedict Benedict, who was also a very good pope, though he his tenure was very short. He was a decent pope. And then you have this absolute liberal leftist pope in Pope Francis. Pope the first Pope John Paul the first, I didn't really know because Pope the John Paul the first died three months after becoming Pope. And a lot of people think he was actually quite conservative of Pope. Probably more conservative than Pope John Paul II, who turned out to be very conservative. But the problem I have is this this really turns me off to Christianity, uh, specifically Catholicism, simply because, listen, I live my life based on Catholic doctrine. I read the Bible. 
I base everything off the Bible <clears throat> to the point where I sin. I know I'm sinning. I'm married a second time. I know I'm sinning. I don't take communion for that very reason. But I base my entire life off that doctrine. And then when you have the institution that is supposed to espouse that doctrine saying, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to kind of ignore the doctrine a little bit and just go in this direction to be popular, to be, quote, more open, end quote. That's not the point of the church. Being open, being more popular, getting more butts in the seats is not what the church is about. They're supposed to push truth. And now they're saying, well, we can push truth, but, you know, we'll kind of back off a little bit. That doesn't work for me. And this, this concerns me. Now, I'm happy to say that most of the church does not like Pope Francis. And I'm hoping Pope Francis has a lot of physical problems. I'm hoping he retires. I'm not hoping for him to die. That's not a thing. I will say this right off the bat. When he does pass away, I will not be saying nice things about him. I think he's a terrible pope. He does not speak for me in any stretch of the imagination. I don't like anything that he's a socialist, communist piece of crap as far as I'm concerned. And I, you know, I'm sorry. The Pope is not Jesus Christ. The Pope is not a prophet. I can say that. And I, but this, this is going too far. And when the Washington Post publishes this and talks about it and shows pictures of everyone adoring Pope Francis and all this stuff. What they don't talk about is that a lot of people know um, we don't agree with. They do mention it in the article. Okay, a lot of the, for example, a lot of traditionalist Catholics in Poland, in Germany, in the United States. Don't forget, this is a Pope that excommunicated a priest because he was too pro-life. He was too anti-abortion. They excommunicated that priest, which was, wait a minute, that's what you guys, even Pope Francis has said abortion is a sin. It's an abomination. Now, it took him three years to do it, but he did say that. But you get rid of a priest who stands up for, for a wrong who stands up against the wrong killing of children, you excommunicate him because he's too much against murdering of children? Very strange. We'll read the article tomorrow. Like I said, I, I just read it this morning. I couldn't believe it. It'll be the first thing we talk about. And we'll be talking a lot about culture tomorrow. I, I know I've been talking a lot about politics. As a matter of fact, my first story is going to be politics. And this story riles me up. So because of that, there'll be no dumbass of the day because I just don't feel like it. I'm pissed. And I'm pissed because I'm just looking at all this stuff that's happening around the world. I'm thinking, all we hear about is justice, justice, justice. There's no justice. There is no justice. And now we've got the Catholic Church who's going against its own words its own doctrine that it has held for 2,300 years. And we're supposed to just look at it and ignore it? 
it's it's incredible. It's just incredible. I mean, and then you look at what's happening to Donald Trump yesterday. Now I'm no, you know this. I'm no Trump supporter. I I will support him in the general election if he ends up being the candidate, just because Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats are absolute terrors. They're terrible, and everything. By the way, if I I don't know how Republicans keep doing this. They keep effing up. Now Matt Gates wants to kick out McCarthy. Really? A year before an election, you decide to show cause nothing but problems within the Republican Party? You know who should be expelled from Congress is Matt Gates. This is great. I understand. I love your policy. I love Matt Gates, what he's what he thinks. I, I love it. And McCarthy's a little too moderate for me, but this is not the time to do any of this shit. It really isn't. And I see the injustice that's justice that's happening to Trump, and then Trump keeps talking. Trump is going to talk his ass right out of the White House, and the reality is he should have no problem winning that election. And you know what? He is going to lose this election. I am calling this shot right now that Donald Trump is too much of an egomaniac, too much of a narcissist to actually make the election about Joe Biden. He's going to make this election about him. He's going to sit and whine and cry about all the injustices. And they are injustices. They are What's happening to him right now in New York is a travesty. But the reality is he's going to make it. We need to get someone in there to straighten some of this stuff up or try and straighten out as much as can be straightened out. But he is going to F this up because he cannot stop talking about himself. He cannot stop making himself into a victim. Last I heard, that was a leftist thing. That isn't a Donald Trump thing. That isn't a conservative trope. That isn't a conservative thing to sit there and make yourself a victim, but that's what Donald Trump is doing. He did it yesterday in a speech outside the courthouse during his civil trial in New York. Yes, everything is wrong. This is all wrong. He's spending money. They're trying to kill him off, his business off. They're trying to make it he can't run. The Supreme Court today ruled that they will not hear any cases to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. And that's what Democrats are trying to do. But this is, but you don't talk about it. You you sit there, you persevere over that. That's what's going to make you a strong candidate. And that's exactly what he's not doing. He's, he's, drown, he's sinking himself into this crap to make himself look like a victim. Well, I don't need a victim. I need someone who's strong. And that's why I'm a DeSantis fan. Because DeSantis has been putting up with crap from the Republicans. He's been putting up from the crap from Donald Trump. He's been putting up with crap from the media. And he still stands above it. He said he just ignores you all. That's what I want as a president. But as far as justice goes, the justice is gone. And if the only, if my base for justice, if my base for truth ends up going the direction of the left... I mean, that means I'm, I'm here by myself. A- any Catholic is there by themselves. And I'm assuming that people listening to this, they have a religious base, or at least a base in truth. Well, if the institution that is supposed to promote your truth is destroyed, is gone, 
that's a really sad day. Okay, let's get to our first story. So Gavin Newsom had to make a decision on who he was going to replace a senator since Dianne Feinstein died. And he did. He found someone. Uh, the gal is named, um, uh, what's her name here? LaFonza Butler. And of course, she is a far leftist. She is a pro-abortionist. Uh, she actually runs a, a institution that promotes abortion. She's a Scream Your Abortion fan. So it's not like, you know, rare and safe and rare and, you know, anything like that. She is a Scream Your Abortion person. Uh, she also helped Kamala Harris with her campaign when she ran it for the Democratic primary in 2020. So you can see she's very successful. She sat back and um, she sat back and really helped Kamala Harris earn that one percent of the vote for her during the primary. So she was so good that Kamala Harris didn't even bother running in her own state. But she does hold some really important attributes. She's black and she's a lesbian and she's a woman. So all of that, I mean, whatever that is. So there's that. So that's her qualifications. She's black, a black lesbian woman. That's her qualifications. Outside of that, nothing else qualifies her, including her residence, by the way. Uh, apparently, she doesn't live in California. She lives in Maryland. She has an FCC, FEC filing out there that says that she, her residence is in Maryland, not California. So that's awesome. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what anyone's thinking here. And apparently that FEC filing is not her only filing. It's not the only thing that shows that she lives in Maryland. But little things like where you live, representing a state that you don't live in, that's irrelevant. That doesn't matter. That, that's probably why she wants to be the senator for California, because she doesn't have to live in the shithole that uh, is California. She can just represent it, represent it and continue to push those shithole policies that made California, make California into a shithole. So, you know, hey, crime or, or was it uh, prison reform? All that stuff. Yeah, she's going to keep pushing that because she doesn't have to live with the consequences. Though if she lives near Baltimore, she should see the consequences. But what was interesting about it was not that she got elected. Is that Gavin Newsom had some choices on who he was going to elect. And it was some interesting stuff. So this is according to Fox News. Ofer Winfrey and Meghan Markle are report, were a pro, a reportedly among those being considered to replace Senator Dianne Feinstein of California. Winfrey's name is among those being floated for the role, according to Newsmax and the Desert Sun. But the successful TV host turned billionaire, book publisher, and entrepreneur indicated as recently as in May that she is, quote, not considering the the seat should it become vacant, end quote, according to Los Angeles Times. It was announced Friday that Feinstein died at the age of 90. All eyes have turned to the Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, who will appoint someone to serve out the remaining 13 months of Feinstein's term. 
The two-term governor who attended the second GOP debate in Simi Valley last Tuesday on behalf of President Biden's re-election campaign to lead counter-Republican messaging has stated in the past that he will appoint a black woman to the Senate in the event of Feinstein's passing. Now, a couple of things here. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, uh, believe it or not, she would not be the worst pick. She's a successful businesswoman. She went from rags to riches, created a media empire, speaks well, is intelligent. Now, does that mean her policies are any good? No, she has the same typical elitist policies that a woman who lives in a barricaded compound would have. You know, the kind of woman who has armed guards, 15-foot walls with razor wires on top, a complete alarm system, bulletproof glass on her car. I mean, this is the kind of elitist. Yes, she has those policies. She doesn't care what happens to you. Prison reform, let homeless be homeless, things like that, because they don't affect her. So her policies suck. Her policies are crazy. But the reality is she, I mean, I if he had picked her, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even said, okay, well, I mean, at least he's a leftist. He's picking another leftist. He could have picked someone stupor, uh, much dumber, someone like LaFonza Butler, but outside the point. But she has been saying, not just since May, she's been saying for years, she has no she has no reason to join politics. And the reason she has no reason to want to join politics is because of her popularity. It's her brand. Her brand is this fun-loving, down-to-earth, love, uh, cutesy, lovey-dovey woman that everyone wants to watch on TV. If she becomes a politician, that's gone. And that's a reality. Suddenly, the 95% that like her and I, I like her, I won't lie. I mean, I, I, I like watching her shows. I do watch her shows and things like that. I don't like what she says. I do read the books that she recommends at her book clubs every once in a while. Um, only about half of them are terrible. But the fact is, she's not, she's, she is entertaining. But that 90 to 95% approval of Oprah Winfrey will go straight down to 50, 45% based off the fact that she becomes a politician. And that's really bad for her brand and that brand and that's bad for her bottom line. So she has basically said she had no interest in running in for anything. There was a time in 2020 they were asking if she wanted to run for president and she said there's no chance in hell I'll run for president. By the way, that's one of the reasons why Michelle Obama probably won't run. She's making way too much money. She's already unpopular, but she's making way too much money. She's living the life. She said a dozen times she had absolutely no interest in politics. That was Barack's thing. So expecting her to run, even though I think if she ran, she'd probably win, which would be a disaster. But she has no interest in running. Okay, continuing with the article. Meanwhile, sources told the Daily Mail that the Duchess of Sussex uh, Sussex's name has also been thrown into the ring as Feinstein's potential replacement. Now, first off, she's not the du Duchess of Sussex anymore. Let's get that through. Prince uh, King Charles or whatever the hell his name is, he already just basically threw him out of the country. He, they have no 
titles anymore. They have no privileges. So that whole thing is done. And second off, yes, this broad has always said she wanted to be political. She wanted to run for office. She wanted the political sphere. So this is not a surprise. Continuing, she and Prince Harry reside in Monte, uh, Montecito, California. Quote, Meghan is definitely a long shot, but in the craziness that is the U.S. politics these days, it's not an impossibility. Crazier things have happened, end quote, a Democratic donor told the Mail. That's true. Markle's name has reportedly considered for the U.S. Senate before the 2020 election when Biden chose Kamala Harris as his running mate. At that time, a senior Labor Party source told the Mail that Markle has been, quote, networking among senior Democrats, end quote, on the venture of building a grassroots campaign, eventually targeting a presidential bid of her own. Markle has grown a close relationship with, uh, relationship with Gloria Steinem. A friend for Steinem's, Steinem told the Mail, Gloria has been introducing Megan to pivotal uh, people in the party. Now, here's here's some problems. Don't be shocked if she decides to run for something. Yeah, I know she didn't get it this time. And any appointment, it wouldn't have been a shock if she was appointed because this is going to be a temporary appointment. Gavin Newsom, believe it or not, does not want to nominate anyone for the Senate. He wants the people to vote it in. He did not want to, because if he nominates someone, that is his de facto pick. And he didn't want to do that. Basically, this LaFonza, uh, whatever her name is, Butler, this pick was simply to get her in there and then let people pick in in November of next year. That's it. He wants nothing to do with this. And he said so. And he got a lot of crap from the left. But here's the problem with Meghan Markle. One, she's stupid. If he had picked her, the first words out of her mouth he would have regretted. She's an elitist. This is a broad that is not in touch with the people. Even though she's not royalty anymore, she went out, she married royalty. She looks like a she looks like a carpetbagger. She looks like, hey, I went out to meet a prince, I married a prince, and now I'm living in a $20 million compound, which is what she's doing. She is not one with the people. She is not one, she's not understanding of the struggles. She does, as a matter of fact, she makes herself into a victim every four and a half minutes because she's half black. I mean, not even half black. I think she's a quarter black. And she makes herself, and everything is racism. And she does, she's done this in all the books those two have written, her podcast, everything. Everything that's failed, by the way. Nothing she has done has been successful. She's been, she's claimed nothing but victimhood. She's a liar. You remember, she said in New York, she said that they got in their car and they were being chased by paparazzi. And it turns out all the camera, all the police reports, everything said she wasn't being chased by anybody. She's broken up the royal family. So already, not only is she not popular in England, they can't stand her in England. Half the country here, which loves the royal family, can't stand her here. And did I mention she's stupid? She, listen, she would be perfect and she would be the perfect and most entertaining senator. Don't get me wrong. I would love for her to have been picked. 
because if she was picked, we would have sound bites of stupid things coming out of her mouth left and right. Of course, she wasn't picked, and I don't think she was a serious... I think she was on a list, but it was somebody, some leftist that just threw her on the list. I don't think she was ever a serious candidate. But what's sad is this is, this is by the way, what the big, the big story here is the fact that Gavin Newsom was committed, committed to picking a black woman. That's what makes the big deal here. Folks, this is systemic racism. Okay, forget about the part that he's picking based on race and sex instead of the best candidate. Yes, that's a major issue too. Okay. But the idea that he can only pick a black woman because of her race and her gender, that's systemic racism and systemic sexism. And that's what we have in California. Someone like me would never have a chance with governor because I'm a white male and I'm straight. That's systemic racism. And these people don't see it. They don't get it. Oh, I'm just making up for the racism. So you're make you're making up for racism by doing something racist? This is systemic racism. This is what it looks like. Okay. Well, this is something that's really, really disturbing. And I wanted to wait to talk about it. This came out last week. And the Daily Wire released this. And now it is getting, it is getting push from some bigger networks like Fox News. Now, let me, let me introduce this a little bit. There's a meme on the internet. And I have it somewhere. I don't know where it is. And it shows our country. And it shows the country separated by a wall. On one side of the wall, there are big houses on vast green fields with trees and beachfront property, million-dollar homes, all separated in distance, big cars in the front of the house. And on the other side of the wall is a shantytown. Shacks made of wood and cardboard, wood shanties, makeshift shelters, right? People all crunched together. On the beautiful side, it has the word elite. On the shanty side, it has the word everyone else. Well, that's pretty much what the left is trying to make of our country. By the way, if you look at any communist or socialist country, Cuba, Venezuela, France, China, North Korea, that's pretty much what it looks like. That's pretty much how it is. You've got the elite, the leaders, and you've got everyone else. And everyone else is eating dogs. That's what socialism, communism, totalitarianism of any kind always pushes. Well, the Daily Wire released an article. It was Daily Wire started doing some investigative journals journalism, and uh, this is pretty serious. This was such, and I trust the Daily Wire, but this was such a big story. 
I had to wait because I couldn't believe this was a thing. Now, this is a really long article. I'm going to read maybe quarter of it. So, because it is really long, and I'll, I'll basically give a synopsis of the rest of the article because I think this stuff is really important. The kicker with this story is the government just discovered this and is also now investigating. So this is a relatively new story. So let's go with the Daily Wire. A Texas land developer has established a sprawling settlement north of Houston where thousands of illegal immigrants are believed to have settled raising concerns among experts and elected officials that the development 400 miles in the interior of the United States could become a strategic asset for cartels. Located in Liberty County, Texas, near the small town of Plum Plum Grove, the Colony Ridge development is a sprawling community that, based on analysis of publicly available information, is now over 60 square miles and nearly the size of the capital nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Its population is estimated to be anywhere between 50 and 75,000. It is growing rapidly thanks to market a marketing plan targeted at Texas Hispanic population. Now, mind you here, it's not just targeted at the Hispanic population. It's targeted at illegal aliens. One of the things that is really big about this settlement And this is a selling point that they're making. This is a selling point. It's nowhere near police. That is one of their selling. There are no police stations in the area. Incredible. The Daily Wire surveyed the development by helicopter to assess the true extent of the growth. The flight began in a wealthy Woodlands neighborhood, but it was only minutes before the designer homes and pools gave way to half-built homes, dilapidated trailers, and heaps of trash. Houses on the ground fly the flags of foreign countries, and many homes display their addresses on spray-painted pieces of plywood. Many structures, some of which are not hooked up to running water, were under construction while others were unfinished but didn't appear to be actively getting worked on. At least one plot of land didn't have any structures at all, just a tent in the corner nestled between shrubs. Stray dogs without collars could be seen trotting along the side of the underdeveloped streets. Folks, this is Mexico. I have family in Mexico. I go to Mexico three to four times a year. This is Mexico. This is what Mexico looks like. And, I mean, the streets are not paved. That's Mexico. And there are people living there. No water hookups. No air conditioning. None of that. That's Mexico. Continuing. Colony Ridge owned and operated by developer William Trey Harris, is rapidly expanding, at least in part due to financing arrangement, that makes it possible for illegal aliens to buy land deep in the heart of Texas. While traditional financing methods require credit ratings and proof of income, Todd Benzman, a National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, told the Daily Wire that buyers at Colony Ridge are able to circumvent the usual requirements, even dodging the need to provide a social security number. 
Because yeah, it makes it real fair when you decide to go out there and buy a house. All the crap you have to go through. These guys don't have to go through anything. They can just buy land. Because of the traditional bank loan, you need to quote because of with traditional bank loan, you need to be able to show that you have a credit rating and proof of income. Benzman said, adding that buyers at Colony Ridge are asked to pay as little as a few hundred dollars as a down payment. The loan is directly from the developer, bypassing traditional mortgages, and, and while the buyer might pay high interest rate near 15%, which by the way sounds pretty illegal, it's a great deal for someone, a great deal for someone with no other option to buy land in this country, Benzman explained. Doing business as Terros Houston. Terrenos Houston, which translates to Houston land. The company appears to market its property entirely in Spanish, telling prospective buyers they can own land in the United States. An advertisement posted on Instagram for Terranos Houston appears to target those who are either not currently living in the United States or who are not citizens of the country. The caption of the post Written in Spanish, roughly translates, still renting, own land in the United States. Hey, by the way, if you're an American, good luck with any of this, of owning land. If you're an illegal alien, welcome to home ownership. No matter how, and by the way, the crap, yeah, they're not going to fix that. They're going to keep it just like that, so that illegal aliens can, and by the way, there is a far more notorious thing that this is being done. This isn't this is something that's this is something that is criminal as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, this is one of the reasons why land ownership in the United States should be left to people who are legally in the United States. It should not be done by foreign governments like China. China owns a lot of land. It should be done by someone who lives in the United States who is a resident of the United States. This shit you can't do in Mexico. I cannot own land in Mexico because I'm an American citizen. I have to become a Mexican citizen to loan, own land in Mexico. Now, my wife, who is a Mexican citizen, can own land. But I cannot purchase property. We should do the same thing in the United States. And I don't understand why we don't do it. Uh, continuing, it encourages potential buyers to reach out via WhatsApp right off the bat. If you are going to sit there and, and are interested in land, interested in purchasing land, but and you and that interest, you just go to WhatsApp and show you've got real issues there. That means it's really, really shady because WhatsApp is a very secure app when it comes. It's encrypted. It's secure. It's hard to eavesdrop on. And you you got to seriously wonder if uh, how many how many real estate agents do you know you you contact them via WhatsApp. Continuing, uh, it encourages potential buyers to reach out via WhatsApp, known as quote a go to app for millions of people who need to communicate internationally because it operates using an internet connection bypass bypassing traditional international calling restrictions and fees. Numerous posts are hashtagged, hashtag pound Estados Unidos. But in addition to marketing to those who might want to, quote, own land in the United States, end quote, many of the development's employees appear to be foreign nationals 
living in Colombia and other Latin American countries, according to Tirano's uh, Houston LinkedIn profile. The plots of land come with nothing on them and at an affordable price. A cur- the current offer is two adjacent plots of land for $65,000, with the buyers responsible for constructing a place to live. Okay, so here, here's a, and the article continues. Um, the article continues basically talking about how this was financed. Okay, and if you look at the finance, I, and this is the reason I don't bring that up is because we really don't know how it's financed. This is just what they were able to see. But if you see the investors, the donations, the mo- way money is trans- changing hands, do you know what it looks like? It looks like money laundering. It looks like this is money laundering. And if you look at it in another way, it is also already crime-ridden. It is they, the Daily Wire, and as a matter of fact, the governor of Texas and the attorney general of Texas have already been through this place. They've taken pictures. They've posted pictures. Daily Wire has flown a drone and helicopter over this place. It looks like Mexico. There's trash everywhere. All the houses are just little, they're either shanties or they're mobile. They're not even mobile homes. They're, they're um, RVs on the land. No hookups whatsoever. The roads are mostly dirt roads. Some are paved. It looks like a third world country. There is crime already. Besides the trash in the street, there's crime already. There has been shootings they found a dead girl. There have been accusations of human trafficking. What this sounds like, quite honestly, this sounds like the cartels. This sounds like they're trying to create a home base for the cartels. And they're trying to find a place where, okay, all the illegals can go in that are going to be working with the cartels. Don't forget about 20% of the people that cross that border that that go through with the cartels actually have to work for the cartels. Human trafficking, drug trafficking. This could be a base. And th- and we know this has happened because Mexico Mexican illegals Mexicans did this in the 2000s when it came to the opioid epidemic and the heroin problem. I mean, we still have that, but when this started, they would actually have bases. Cartels would have bases where the, they would get their drugs and then they would go out and start selling it. This sounds like a cartel base. Like I said, the government, there's there's a lot more that needs to be reviewed here and investigated. And they really do need to investigate this. This needs to be, and that land through uh, whatever government way they can do it, eminent domain or something, needs to be taken back if it's proven that this land is actually being used to house cartels and illegal aliens. And that shouldn't even be a question. That shouldn't even be... I can't even imagine this is a court case. But this should be done immediately. We shouldn't spend 10 years uh, researching or investigating this and nothing gets done. So, like I said, there's going to be more to this. We don't have a lot of information... Even the now you've got Greg Abbott investigating. You've got uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton investigating. They have actually driven through it and can't believe what they're seeing. 
Good for the Daily Wire for catching this. Fox News is beginning to report this. They're beginning to say, what is going on here? And what's going to be interesting with 250,000 illegals crossing the border every day, and that's just what we know about, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly that little shanty town begins to fill up. Because if it fills up quickly, we know there's something going on there. So more on this later, because I think there's going to be more. Okay, so our third story, and we're going to run late here today, and we have to because I, I just can't skip this story. The Los Angeles Dodgers last uh, two years ago released Trevor Bauer because he was accused of a violent rape. The MLB suspended him for two seasons, which was unprecedented. Now the guy had not been the guy had not been charged by the police department. They were investigating at the time. Um, the woman, she released photos of her injuries, and they were extreme. They were absolutely extreme injuries. And everyone, including myself, saw this stuff and thought, what a dick. Now, Trevor Bauer had said none of this stuff happened. All of this stuff is a lie. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. And it, it, I'm being railroaded here, and I'm being railroaded for my money. He did sleep with her. He admitted he slept with her. And he admitted it was rough sex. She liked rough sex. She had gone over a couple of times, and the, the more she went over, the rougher the sex got. He admitted that. But he said all the injuries that she had were not from him. That did not happen. He did sleep with her. He did know her. And then, so what What happened? He was suspended. He's been, it's been two years. He's still suspended. Uh, he went over to Japan to play baseball. And the legal process has moved forward. And finally, it is complete. Well, <laughs> apparently everyone was wrong in this whole thing. And Trevor Bauer ended up being the victim. So I'm going to let Trevor Bauer actually explain some of this. I'll interrupt his... He released a 32-minute YouTube video. Um, I can only find the four-minute version. I'll interrupt this a couple of times because there is some important... And then, and then I actually got this confirmed. ESPN actually talked about this too. So we'll go into what ESPN say. But let's listen to what Trevor Bauer had said. Next victim, star pitcher for the Dodgers. A text Lindsay Hill sent to a friend before she ever even met me. What should I steal? She asked another in reference to visiting my house for the first time. The answer, take his money. So how might that work? I'm going to his house Wednesday, she said. I already have my hooks in. You know how I roll. Then after the first time we met, net worth is 51 mil, she said. Bitch, you better secure the bag, was the response. Uh, but, but how was she gonna do that? Need daddy to choke me out, she said, being an absolute whore to try to get in on his 51 million, read another text. Uh, then, after the second time we met, former Padres pitcher Jacob Nix told her, you gotta get this bag. I'll give you 50,000, Lindsay replied. Her AA sponsor asked her at one point, do you feel a tiny bit guilty? Not really, she replied. Since then, her legal team has approached me multiple times about coming to a financial settlement. But as I have done since day one, I refuse to pay her even a single cent. Uh, in August of 2021, Lindsay Hill's claims were heard in court, and during those legal proceedings, critical information was deliberately and unlawfully concealed from me and my legal team. 
information like this video, which was taken by Lindsay Hill herself the morning after she claimed she was brutally attacked, emotionally traumatized, and desperate to get away from me. Uh, and now we have the metadata, so there can be no dispute. Uh, it was taken mere minutes before she left my house on the morning of May 16th, 2021. Okay, so to get clear, so this gal was hunting Trevor Bauer for his, his money. All this information he's showing, he did not have when he was being accused, uh, when he was being investigated for rape. Uh he was this none of this data was available during his restraining order hearing. All this data came out, the text messages and the video, which shows the girl sitting in bed with Trevor Brower, smiling and no marks on her, by the way. All of this stuff came out during his third court appearance, which was a civil trial trial. Now, what's amazing about all that is he didn't have all that evidence because it was illegally held. And yet he still didn't get convicted of anything. He still didn't have a restraining order put on him. So you can tell right off the bat, this was not good for this gal. And Trevor Bauer looked like he was getting railroaded. Okay, let's continue with what he says. So understand something. Right now the video is showing... Shows her in bed, smiling, laughing, not looking all that stressed out, and not a mark on her. Okay, let's continue. In it, you can see her lying in bed next to me while I'm sleeping, smirking at the camera without a care in the world, or any marks on her face. I think it paints a pretty clear picture of what actually happened the evening of May 15th, and why the video was originally concealed from us. Uh, after hearing the evidence available to her, Judge Diana Gold-Saltman found that Lindsay Hill had misled the court. She found her claims to be materially misleading. Uh, she denied her request for a domestic violence restraining order, and she found that no sexual assault or non-consensual conduct took place. Now, some of you might not know about restraining order hearings. I know I didn't, but uh, I've since learned that uh, it's extremely rare for a request for a restraining order to be denied because the standard of proof that you need to obtain one is extremely low. All this is true. All this is true. My ex-wife used to threaten me with a restraining order all the time, and I said, I'm nowhere near you. She threatened me with a restraining order. No, I'm not going to say this. That, that's kind of personal. But all of this stuff is true. And, and this, this is the whole thing. Now, at this point, he's already suspended. He's already looking for a job. In, he's looking for a job in, in Japan. Major League Baseball already suspended him. The Dodgers won't take him. My understanding, he's still under contract for the Dodgers. I think they're paying him. But once he never got charged with a crime, because the DA said, I mean, understand something. The DA flat out said there's no case here. The DA said that. So he was never charged with a crime. And then something as simple as the restraining order was rejected. That should have been a red flag to, to Major League Baseball and the Los Angeles Dodgers that this guy was being railroaded. Now, understand something. Um, Trevor Bauer is not innocent here. Why are you hooking up with chicks? Stop hooking up with strange chicks that you don't know. Because this is the crap you're going to get. 
But let's continue on. I Let's continue on, and then I'll talk about it in a second. The fact is, I was never arrested. I was never charged with a crime, and I won the only legal proceeding that took place without my side of the story even being heard. Uh, and most importantly, as I've said from day one, I never sexually assaulted Lindsay Hill, or anyone else for that matter. Uh, so I sued her, which prompted her to countersue me. Quite frankly, regardless of the outcome in court, I've paid significantly more in legal fees than Lindsay Hill could ever pay me in her entire life. Uh, and I knew that would be the case going in. But the lawsuit was never about the money for me. It was the only way for me to obtain critical information to clear my name. Uh, the discovery process in that lawsuit recently concluded, at which point uh, Lindsay Hill's legal team again came to us with another proposal to resolve the case. Uh, this time, however, they weren't seeking any money from me. Having received uh, much of the information that had been hidden from us, uh, a small portion of which I've referenced here, um, I was willing to agree to the terms proposed. Both parties would drop their respective lawsuits, and neither of us would pay either side any money. Um, I also retained my right to speak publicly about the case, something I have not been at liberty to do since June of 2021. So, as of today, both lawsuits have been settled. Now, over the last two years, I've been forced to defend my integrity uh, and my reputation in a very public setting. But hopefully this is the last time I have to do so, as I'd prefer to just remain focused on doing my job, uh, winning baseball games and entertaining fans around the world. So today, I'm happy to be moving on with my life. This guy has been made into the devil by the media. I guess the uh, I guess about three or four months ago, he was in J Japanese League. Somebody kicked a ball or something, and he got fed up with his team and started yelling at one of the players, and they made a big stink out about, th uh, about this, that he was chastising a player for making a bad play. Well, last I heard, that happens every day in baseball. And his team was doing very poorly, and they were not helping him out, even though he was holding the other team down. This guy should be signed immediately. So ESPN, they, they confirmed the story. Former Los Angeles Dodger Trevor, uh, pitcher Trevor Bauer, and I, I find it amazing that ESPN did the story because they were the ones that have vilified Trevor Bauer a lot. And they're huge Me Too people, too. They love Me Too. They've canned people for Me Too. Pitcher Trevor Bauer and San Diego woman who first accused him of sexual assault, triggering the investigation that led to an unprecedented suspension by Major League Baseball, have settled their lawsuit, their civil suits, outside of court with no money exchanged between the two parties. The woman accused Bauer of sexually assaulting her Dur during two encounters in the spring of 2021, prompting the former Cy Young Award winner to be placed on administrative leave in July. The woman was later denied a permanent restraining order in Los Angeles Superior Court, and the district attorney's office declined to file criminal charges against Bauer. The MLB, which has the authority to apply punishment outside the criminal justice system, they shouldn't be, by the way, they shouldn't be, and spoke to other women who made similar accusations, handed Bauer a 324-game suspension in April 2022, twice longer than the previous high under domestic violence policy. An independent arbitrator shortened the suspension to 194 games in December and ruled that Bauer be reinstated, prompting the Dodgers to release Bauer, who is currently pitching in Japan. Bauer sued the woman for defamation in 2022, 
The woman countersued for sexual battery four months later. By the way, countersuing, that's just the way it goes. They, they, they do that. I've done that. I've done that before. Court proceedings had been scheduled in, to begin in February, but both sides have agreed to drop their respective cases. The woman, Lindsay Hill, will receive 300000 in insurance policy proceeds that will be sent to a trust account to her lawyer's offices, according to an email from Hill's lawyers that was provided by a representative of Bauer. By the way, just a little FYI, apparently this gal, Lindsay Hill, is also an alcoholic. So she has some she has some issues. And there are videos out there released by libs of TikTok that show her bad behavior in public. Now, I did was tempted to put one of those on in the podcast, but I wasn't sure that was actually her. And it sounded that libs and libs of TikTok wasn't even sure. So let's get this straight. Some woman accuses him of rape, uh, goes to the police showing bruises and damage. The police do not charge him because of the, the pictures. But then when the public defender, when the, the prosecutor looks at it, they say there's no case. This gal loses a domestic violence restraining order. And then she loses in court. She gets $300,000, but it's from insurance. That does not the same thing. She loses in court. Trevor Bauer does not have a gag order on him. So he can talk about this left and right. That's how bad this case went. And meanwhile, the only life that is ruined here is Trevor Bowers. So none of this. It, it, and then as the evidence comes out, because he brought the evidence out, he showed text messages and th the text messages he showed in the video. He showed videos of her and the one video he showed in the three minute, apparently that's not the only one. Remember, he has a 32-minute video out there. I just haven't found it yet. And so this guy has completely been railroaded. So what should what 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 can we learn from this thing? First, first off, the first thing we should learn is the Me Too movement is crap. A lot of people are learning that now. You can't believe old women because some women lie. I'm sorry, they do. And the fact of the matter is this broad lied. We should probably have laws that go against this broad because her life goes on. She made $300,000 off insurance, some outside insurance claim, okay? But she lied and she ruined this guy's life. This guy should be worth uh, $200 million by now. She ruined his life. She should have to, she should have to face jail time. She should be facing criminal penalties for this. And Trevor Bauer was looking at 10 years in prison. Well, here's the thing. She should face 10 years in prison. I guarantee you all these false rape claims will go away if one person who made a false rape claim is thrown in prison for 10 years. And then there's other little things. Um, stop sleeping with random people, Trevor. This wouldn't have happened if you had pitched your ball game in San Diego. I guess he was playing the Padres and just gone home. Or gone to the hotel room. Maybe had a drink. Then go to the hotel room. 
Maybe maybe do something wild and crazy. In the old days, you used to shack up with another player. So you used to share a hotel. That saved a lot of problems because you couldn't bring women into the room. Maybe something like that is a good idea. They don't do that anymore because these guys make more money than God. But maybe it's good just not to sleep with anyone. And finally, last but not least, Trevor Bauer should sue the living hell out of Major League Baseball. Should sue him. Now, understand something. The Dodgers never suspended him. They never suspended him. They released him because he, he couldn't pitch. MLB had suspended him. And he was just bad news. But they should sue Major League Baseball, and they should he should sue him for tens of millions of dollars. Now, I don't know if he's going to do that. He should, though. Sue the living crap out of him. Because they basically ruined his life based on a lie. Okay, well, we ran a little long today, almost an hour. So, but I had a lot to talk about. And we got a lot more to talk about tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you're li- you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>